0: Good morning and welcome to Sunday School at Second Baptist. I'm glad you could be with me today. We are continuing on in our study of Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes. And today we're going to find ourselves in chapter 3. Last week we talked about, uh, or Solomon was talking about, um, different things that were all is vanity, all is vanity, that's kind of a theme through the book um, until we get to the end. And so he was talking about the, you know, he had tried pleasures and possessions and um, all of that was vanity. And then he talked about labor and someone working for, um, to get as much uh, accumulation of possessions as they could and then giving that to someone who is not going to appreciate it when they die and so that was kind of um, one of the you know last parts of the chapter last week and so today we're going to talk about um, he gets onto the subject of time and this is one of the more famous quoted scriptures in the Bible uh, for weddings and different things like that um, that we're going to study through today. And of course, all of us have the same amount of time in a day. And we live in such a hectic society in many ways that we don't want people to waste our time. And we have a lot of things that come at us during the day that are time wasters um telemarketers calling and trying to get your money over the phone um they're wasting your time you know when they do that and uh perhaps you have a person who calls on the phone and won't ever get to the end of the conversation you know and you may feel like that person is wasting some of your time or that um they could have said what they said in fewer words we don't want to have appointments that are broken or we have to wait on people there's so many things during the day that we would consider time wasters and so solomon also i'm sure had 24 hours in each of his days And he probably had some time wasters that were trying to um, do the same thing to him in different ways. You know, maybe it wasn't telemarketers because obviously he didn't have a phone, but um, there would have been those people who showed up, you know, trying to sell snake oil or whatever that were wasting his time. So he begins to consider time and the purpose of it in the the different aspects of it so let's go ahead and jump into these verses and so he starts off in chapter 3 now is where we are verse 1 he starts off by saying there is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven so time is a part of every occasion isn't it everything that happens in our lives um time is a integral part of that in how long it takes and what time of life it takes, it happens all of those things you know are tied up in time and so then he begins this poetic um contrast list of contrasts um talking about time and so i'm going to read the first uh the next three verses two and two to four a time so he says there's a time for every event under heaven a time to give birth and a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build up a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. So we'll kind of, you know, look at each one of those. So a time at the beginning, he starts off with birth and death, which those are the most, I guess, important times in our lives. If you could put it that way, when are we born and when do we die? And then everything else comes in between that, doesn't it? so those two are obviously first um you know we have a we have a time that god has fixed for us to be born and we have a time that god has fixed for us to die and and it says that in uh one of the psalms you know where it says um every day that was going to be you know one of our days Was already known to God before any even one of them passed ever came to pass so God has a fixed um, expiration date on us is what I like to say and you know we have of course we have some input into that sometimes we can uh, when someone is you know is such a heavy drinker that a person says they died before their time you hear that and so the implication is that by their actions they cut their life short before the time that god had set for them you know and you would have a contrasting group of people that would say if god intended that person to live longer he would have been able to do that and you know that is true against all odds god could make you live uh, to a certain day and he, he has the power to do that but um, I think we do have our free will gets involved with it and we do influence it maybe in a way that God would not want it to be that way but it is um, and so that brings in the idea of stewardship of time stewardship of the time that God has given us. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Okay, let's go to the next one. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. You know, you could make um, comparisons to planting of not only crops, but, you know, other things that may may be started or then stop you know it's it's um, that that course has finished it's not something that we need to go back to it needs to end you know that kind of thing and so it can not only just be agricultural a time to kill and a time to heal and um, you know we we could talk deeply about each one of these points but we want, in the interest of time, whether it's talking about war uh, and then healing as in doctors or whether it's talking about um, killing of maybe, you know, an animal for food, to, uh, killing a person for because of crime or whatever. You know, there's a whole lot of discussions that we could dra- drag out on that point. A time to tear down and a time to build up. Um, and, that, you know, again, these I think these are not only literal meanings, you know, of building and tearing down, but also um, you can take them further into um, the interaction between human beings. A time to weep and a time to laugh. That one's kind of obvious a time to mourn and a time to dance you know part of that is has to do with being appropriate also Um, you don't want to be laughing uh, when it's a time to mourn you want to be appropriate and you also don't want to be laughing when everyone else is weeping you know because that would not be appropriate and so These are, these all affect the interactions that we have as humans with each other. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. Um, That one, you know, (laughs) stoning people back in those days, you know, was a punishment um, that that they did sometimes. Um, It was usually for sins of adultery and other things like that you know where the the person would be stoned and so you know again those are human interactions some the book speculated on several other meanings for that um a time to i'm going on now to to verse five a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing um and again you know our our human interactions with each other and when is it the time for embracing and when is it the time to shun the embracing and you could get into tough love and all sorts of things with that i guess you know all of these have a deeper meaning i think okay now let me be sure that i've not skipped anything and we'll keep going Yeah, we're just going to go right along. So, in verse 6, a time to search and a time to give up as lost. Um, So, obviously, if you have lost something of value, you would search and search and search. But then there does come a a point where you have to say, okay, the searching needs to stop. And we have to move on with life and um, we see that with you know sometimes when someone gets lost in the ocean and they search and search and search and then finally they they give up the search and you know the person who whose loved one was lost in the ocean doesn't feel any less concerned for that person they want to still find them but they could not even if they searched every day for the rest of their lives that person may not be found and and I think that's you know we have to be realistic at times to say okay the search is going to end and um, for whatever you know for whatever thing uh, that it applies to and a time to give give something up is lost a time to keep and a time to throw away boy uh, we could all take a, a, a lesson from that verse, couldn't we? Because we tend to keep and keep and keep and keep <laughs> and never clean out that closet or that wardrobe or whatever it is. You know, we just keep more and we get a bigger house so that we can keep even more. When in fact, um, you know, God expects us to live a simpler life where we we do keep things sometimes but then there's time also to just throw away or get rid of um a time to tear apart and a time to sew together and again this one is not only physical you know but also uh, interactions with other humans where we might um tear ourselves away from a situation and then there might be another time where we knit ourselves very closely together uh, with another group of people and sometimes that happens. A time to be silent and a time to speak definitely I think that one is very obvious and being appropriate and also just um, Being fair to other people so that you don't dominate the conversation and you allow the other person time for their speak, you know, for them to speak, and then you have your time to speak. Those are all um, very important. That has to do with wasting someone else's time, doesn't it? A time to love and a time to hate. And, you know, we don't, uh, we try not to ever say that we hate. Another person because I don't really think that that's what this is talking about but we do hate the actions of other people sometimes and um, you know then there's a time that we must love others even though we may not feel like it and you know all of those human interactions of love and hate a part of our lives and a choice that we make daily and then the last one a time for war and a time for peace and you know unfortunately that is the way of the world and it was in Solomon's day and it still is now and it always will be until Jesus comes back and the kingdom of heaven is established on earth and until that time there's always going to be times of war and hopefully also times of peace when there's not a war um but we do need to work toward uh having peace as much as possible but you know the bible never promised us that we would have peace uh on earth you know in that sense of nobody fighting anybody because this is this gets into human nature and the way that people interact with each other especially if they're not believers in jesus um they don't have the spirit to guide them to know that there may be another way to solve an issue besides fighting and so we get that and so now we're down to verse 9 and um, in 9 and 10, uh, I'll read those two together. Well, actually, they've got 9, 10, and 11 together. So I'll read those three. What profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? I have seen the task which God has given the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. So some of these questions that he's asking here are, are it is what I'd call a rhetorical question. What profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? Well, you know, he's not really expecting an answer per se, but he's just, you know, making a statement that Is there a profit to working hard every day? Well, sure there is. You get food. You buy your groceries, right? Um, You, you know, you take care of yourself. You take care of your home. Whatever the hard work is that you've done, Um, there is a profit to it in that sense. Um, He says, I've seen the task which God has given to the sons of men with which to occupy themselves so he's been observing all kinds of work that god has given men to do and um he's you know viewed this in the with the aspect of time um that we have a certain amount of time and god has given us tasks to do to To gain our livelihood or also things that God wants us to do you know that's a whole other aspect of this and then in verse 11 he said um, he meaning God has made everything appropriate in its time or uh, some versions say beautiful in its time so he you know his observation is that there is a time for all of these activities, and a reason for those to happen at certain times. And then he says that God has also set eternity in the hearts of men, but not in a way that uh, men could find out the work which God has done from the beginning, so or from the beginning even to the end. And so. This is also Solomon's observation on it, that God has put eternity into our hearts so that we can understand eternity. We can grasp that there is such a thing as eternity, but yet he's, God has not given us the full picture in such a way that we could know and understand fully what God is doing from the beginning to the end. Uh, all the things that God is doing and why because there are a lot of things that happen in life and we just don't quite understand why God did it the way he did it that happens to all of us you know and we we wish that um you know as Christians if we accept Christ then everything would just be rosy after that I mean that would be um wonderful but would it be wonderful you know would you have people becoming christians because they felt that they could get something out of it um would we be strong as people if we were never tested or went never went through trials you know there's a whole lot of reasons why Everything being rosy all the time might not be a good idea for us, um, and so God has given us this idea of eternity, but yet He doesn't give us the full picture, and we realize that, and that's um, that's where we have to just trust God that He's God and we're not. You know, we get that confused sometimes, or it's easy to get that confused. You know we would like to tell God what we want him to do but really and truly if God had you know given us all the things we asked for in our lives it probably would not have been in our best interest and so we have to always remember that God is God and we're not and he has a bigger picture in mind than we can possibly understand and so he He goes on then in 12 and 13 to say, I know there is nothing better for them, meaning men, "uh, than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his labor. It is the gift of God. Okay, so here he's, you know, he's telling us that uh, God's gift to us is the ability to Work and to eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of our labor. That's that is one of God's gifts to us, and really, if we would consider it that way, that God is giving us a gift to be able to work and a gift uh, then to be able to enjoy the things that we have worked for, then there might be a lot less complaining about. From people about the job they have or the um, the circumstance you know that they find themselves in at work and things like that because truly God could take it all away in an instant he could make it so that you could not work or have a job or have money or have income you know God is in control and we if we would look at the things that he has given us to do as a gift that would, that would really uh, help to make things better. And then let's read verses 14 and 15. I know that everything God does will remain forever. There's nothing to add to it and there's nothing to take from it. For God has so worked that men should fear Him. That which is has been already and that which will be has already been. For God seeks what has passed by. And in your book it says God, um, let's see, it says something completely different. God seeks justice for the persecuted. I don't know how they got that from uh, to be so different than my version. But anyway, (laughs) we won't go into how that could have happened. Um... But what he does, you know, he's make a, making a statement here now in 14 that everything God does will remain forever. So the works or the acts of God, the times that are fixed by God for certain things or whatever, those will remain forever. Those are permanent. Those are, um, you know, there are some things in the world that are not negotiable. You know there are forces in the world that god has put into into action forces of nature or whatever that are not negotiable for us as humans and you know you could even go into a discussion about um pollution and um destroying the environment you know from that point you know that god has Put the earth in motion and these forces of nature in motion and he has a a desire for them to work in a certain way when we as humans go and um, pollute or mess up the creation of God killing animals uselessly or all sorts of things you know horrible things that can happen then we are toying with the the fixed uh things that god has put into motion and we need to think about that and then in verse 15 he's talking about that which has has been already and that which will be has already been so this is speaking of the nature of god that he already knows uh even the things that have not happened yet You know he knows those things already and it's in in God's eyes it's like those things have already happened too because he can see the things that will happen the things that he's already got in place for the future and um, I think that's where they end this week yeah they do is on verse 15 now the rest of this chapter which is a few verses uh, begin. It talks a little bit about um, man being the same as the beast and that they're all going to the same place. Dust returns to dust. And who is it that knows that the breath of man ascends upward and the breath of the beast descends downward to the earth? That's in verse 21. So that again is one of those what I would call rhetorical questions that obviously the one who knows that is god and so you know he's saying it in in this poetic form um and also he asked another one right at the end of the chapter where he says for who will bring him to see what will occur after him so god is the only one who knows what will occur after we die or after we leave this earth and so um so this whole you know chapter 3 then is on the discussion of time and how uh, time is so important and we are stewards of the time that God gives us and I think that's the most important takeaway that we can think about along these lines that yes all of these things happen in their time um, as God you know sets things into motion but we personally have to be stewards of the time that God has given us because all of us just have 24 hours in our day and, you know, we, we should be aware and think often about wasting God's time that he has given us and how we, uh, we may be wasting his time that we could be doing something more productive for his kingdom. And I'm pointing the finger at me when I say that um, because I could accomplish a lot more um, than I have if I would be a little bit more focused. And so <laughs> we can all think about that this week. And then next week we're going to go on and, and uh, study chapter four. So I look forward to seeing you next week.